Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. event mark's podcast brought to you by the unhinged sports network i am your first host lifelong wrestling fan former radio guy and current cat dad troy and with me as always is the wwe walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector he's the farouk to my bradshaw he's greg what's up greg perfect oh hell yeah i thought you were gonna open with damn i happen to have a can of uh it's right here, so it's like it's perfect for that. Yeah, hell yeah. Hey, APA man, always pounding ass. <laughs> hey, whoever let that shirt get through, man? I know. For people that think we're just like making crap up, no, 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 no. <laughs> they had a shirt. The back of it said the front says said APA. Uh, you know, it was their normal APA uh, logo. Then the back said always pounding ass. A real shirt. <laughs> yep. Just what the hell. But either way, uh, we're talking about something that happened 20 years ago, man. We have to talk about this when I uh, knew it was the two-decade anniversary of this show. I was like, we got to get it on the schedule. Now is the best time as ever to talk about this. It's the WWF Invasion pay-per-view from 2001. And, uh, yeah, I remember this time. I didn't watch pay-per-views back then, but I remember this time very well. Me and my dad would watch every single Monday Night Raw, every single... It was Thursday Night Smackdown at this point, right? Yes. Okay. Recorded on Tuesdays, <laughs> played on Thursdays. And, yeah, so it was a, a big time in wrestling. And I don't know, did you watch... You, you kept up with WCW at this time, right? Or, you know, before they shut down. Yeah, of course. Okay. See, I didn't. So when they shut down, my Monday nights didn't really change. So I, I was I was a little upset at one hand because I, I did like the option of if I wanted to switch over, it wasn't there anymore. But at the same time, like, I hadn't kept up with it so long, I didn't realize how god-awful it got under Russo. It was borderline unwatchable. 
Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, this Friday we're doing a timepiece, our first ever. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. And we're going to do another timepiece <laughs> around Mr. Russo in WCW. Uh, I always wonder what was line. worse, 95 or 2000 in WCW. Oh, in WCW. Uh, man, I think. That's a pick em, 90- if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say 95 as a whole because like everything sucked in 95. There was nowhere you could turn. At least in, at least in, uh, 2000, you had WWF to, you know, they were, they were still doing good stuff. Well, I mean, they, they had some really great shows in 2000, some great talent. But, uh, either way, yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're not gonna talk about the whole invasion storyline as a whole, but well, you know, obviously breaking down the show, we'll have to get into some of it. The invasion as a whole, I don't think was, I don't know. I mean, obviously it was historic just because of what it was, but all in all, I don't think it was very good. I think you and I talked about that before, where it's just kind of like, eh, it, it happened. It was a fun time. I went it to was, one of the pay-per-views. It was awesome. Oh, uh, which one? Uh, SummerSlam, uh, 2001. It was in San Jose. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that sometime. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get around to it. But anyway, yeah, so today, the Invasion pay-per-view, the historic, tri-branded, I guess, Invasion pay-per-view, where they were still using the ECW name, even though they didn't have rights to use the ECW name. We'll talk about it uh, in the news and notes coming up. But before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. And please, if you're listening on the podcast feed, like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review. That will help us out a lot, help us get seen. Everybody's been spreading the word about the podcast. Very much appreciate it. And, you know, if you are listening on the podcast feed and you're not listening to us live, every Wednesday, Thursday, 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 and Friday, we play on the Unhinged Sports Network at... 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Mondays as well, by the way. 7 in the Central. Yeah, nobody cares about Central. Well, come on, we've got a few (laughs) listeners from Chicago. Yeah, I know, I'm kidding. We actually do have a couple in the the, uh, Central time zone, so thank you all for listening. Tune in to the Unhinged Sports Network, that's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Again, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, 8 p.m., uh, Eastern time. And we have a replay on Wednesdays, by the way. That's where we're, we go live on Wednesdays. That's a brand new podcast. And then an hour and a half after that new episode starts is our first encore. So if you miss a little bit, you can stick around, and catch up. But all right. Uh, catch up, catch up, whatever. Exactly. But all right, man. We'll uh, get into the, our first break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into all the news and notes. From July of 2001 across the wrestling world. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo, on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. 
That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. So it's time to dive into all the news and notes around this time in 2001. First off, spoiler, WCW closed earlier this year. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think you can, you know, you would know what most of this stuff is going to be about. So, uh, this, these first couple of stories are kind of funny. The WWF continued their ECW storyline this week, and it's become an interesting news story off screen because there's a little problem with the fact that WWF doesn't own the ECW name or trademarks. It's actually currently still owned by the bankruptcy court. Heyman hasn't uh, shown up for any of the creditors' meetings for the no! ECW bankruptcy. Yeah, uh, which oh, was filed at, which was filed as a Chapter 11 reorganizational bankruptcy. But due to Heyman no showing the meetings, it has been changed to a Chapter 7 liquidation bankruptcy. Since Heyman has no intention of restarting the company and is now employed by WWF, Chapter 7 is probably the right answer anyway. Heyman has to appear for a meeting later this month with a full inventory of ECW's financial records for examination. There's a lot of question over whether those records even exist. Heyman never really conducted ECW like a former formal business, and it was always something of a mom-and-pop operation. That was actually part of the reason Heyman was unable to strike a new deal to keep the company alive. He often couldn't produce adequate records of the company's finances to satisfy potential investors. Oh, I'm sure he could have. They just would have been a little sore doctored. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I just have a feeling of, like, he would bring them, like, a big manila envelope, and they're like, there's nothing in here but bounce checks. And he's like, yes, those are my financial records, sir. <laughs> Oh, man. I keep writing checks. I may have another Yes. <laughs> I write checks in my father's name, He did, <laughs> and he closes his accounts. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, wait a minute. You mean Paul Heyman, the Paul Heyman, didn't keep good financial records of ECW? You're lying. I, mean, I don't let me, believe you. Let me quote Simon Cal. There's the surprise of this entry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good lord. It gets a little weirder, so buckle in. Yeah, oddly enough, the WWF has been blatantly using the ECW name, trademarks, and theme song to promote the upcoming Invasion pay-per-view. WWF is going along under under the belief that they will eventually own the ECW in an intellectual property and tape library, so it's no big deal. Spoiler, they did. I mean, obviously, it's all on WWE Network, so. Uh, I feel like it was solved within, like, a couple of days. Yeah, because they I started remember. using the logo right away after all that whole story broke. I remember that. Then the store, then they were just using the logo on TV right after that. So they never. I mean, I think they only stopped for a couple of weeks because I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Show, it happened. Yeah, I mean, because I remember the whole it. thing was Stephanie's beret. Uh, was it beret? Yeah. What do we call it that? It had ECW logo on it. That was the whole thing. I remember it. Yeah. It well, a, that's why it was on there. Not on TV. Not on a banner. Not on a poster. On a freaking beret. Yeah, well, they start. That's why they started using. And well, they actually had the ECW logo on this event poster too, if you look. Yeah, um, and the the whole thing with that was like three weeks before this. So I'm telling you, it was only like a week or two. Matter. Right. And uh, that's isn't that why they started using the name the Alliance too? Couldn't tell you that. I, I I'm pretty sure I, that's it just why made, they, it just made sense for it. But 
Yeah, well, I'm pretty. I, I had heard that somewhere that that's why they started using the name the Alliance, and they stopped saying specifically WCW and ECW. Uh, I could be wrong, but like I said, I'm pretty sure that's why. This week, WWF made an offer of less than $1.5 million to the bankruptcy court to purchase those rights, but the offer was turned down to be uh, by the trustee. There's also at least 13 outstanding lawsuits pending against ECW for various issues. It's believed ECW's actual uh, owed debt is significantly higher than $9 million. You know, right, you why to, do I have no problem believing that? You know what I have a problem believing? There was only $9 million. <laughs> Someone's lowballing that number, huh? Yeah, if you were to ask me flat out, it's like, how much do you think they owed? I would have not said $9 million. I would have gone much higher. Uh, but if WWF buys ECW, a lot of the people who are owed money aren't going to want to get into a court battle with WWF to get that money. Wrestlers, the especially... Undefeated McDivitt. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's also, you know, you don't want to get in their bad graces, which, you know, uh, wrestlers especially might be hesitant to burn a WWF bridge by trying to fight them in court. Uncle Dave Meltzer also notes that the video game company Acclaim is owed $1.5 million by ECW and is attempting to foreclose on that debt and put a lien on the company assets to recoup their money. I, uh, it's funny, you know, I mean, it wasn't at the time, but does the claim really have room to talk? Because I think they went bankrupt too. So at this time, I it was pretty close to this. Wow. Not to say right away, but it was pretty close. Well, I I told you the story was going to get weirder, man. <laughs> so the claim owed money why because that piece of crap game didn't sell. Yeah, basically. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I it was it was fine. Like it was just a copy and paste of WWF Attitude. It's literally what it was. Yep. It just it's like that was horrible. Yep, changed the graphics, uh, changed a couple of moves, boom, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> but, a, but a claim owned 15% of ECW, and with Heyman filing for bankruptcy, they appear to be interested in purchasing the assets and rights of the promotion. They owned 15% of the company? What hmm. the hell? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, at which point WWF would then have to try to buy ECW from a claim instead of uh, from bankruptcy court. They I also... think by then they'd already moved on to THQ, by the way. Yeah, right. Uh, they also don't appear to be happy about WWF using the ECW trademarks on TV, with a claims lawyer accusing that WWF uh, had no right to do so since they don't own it. And a claim can actually claim to uh, claim ownership of the uh, the logo. If a claim ends up getting the company, they would be in a pretty good position to file a lawsuit against WWF over all of this. All right, quick question: If they let's say in a weird alternate reality they did own ECW, then what? <laughs> a claim presents the new EC the relaunch of ECW. Yeah, like. Like what I just said, they owed how much money to creditors and like millions of dollars, and then they had all these lawsuits against them. Why would you want to own that? And what would they do with it? It's just a matter of I own it, you don't. I mean, you know, they want to probably sell it at a higher cost. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's the only thing I can really think of. It's like they own it so they can try to sell it, maybe. Because like, what good is it to them? I don't know. I. I I didn't even know a claim to anything but video games. Right. Well, it's like 
was that part of the thing? It's like, hey, can you make an ECW game for us? Uh, uh, here, here's the conversation with, with Polly. We want you to make an ECW game, sir. And they say, mm, no, thanks. We're, we're making WWF games. If I may have another Polly, sir, we'll give you 15% of the company. <laughs> What's 15% of a pile of crap? Uh, what's that worth? Um, a handful of McDonald's coupons. They expire quickly, though. Yes. You'll have to use them within the next two weeks. <laughs> Buy one, get one, quarter pounders. All right, anyway. Good lord. Uh, well, we're going to move on to something more depressing. I actually didn't start us out really? with that. Really? Because that's not depressing? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it gets more depressing. I, I didn't start us out with death. I slipped it in right here. Uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy actually passed away this week at the age of 40 at his home in Rossville, Georgia, from an apparent heart attack. Mm, that sucks. 40? I I didn't know he was only 40 when he died. Like, damn. Was he overweight or something? Actually, he got in pretty good weight, uh, pretty good, uh, shape, I thought. I knew he had some health problems after he had that stroke on the plane. Supposedly, he did a like, and I, this is just stories I've heard passed around. I don't, I don't know for sure if this is true, but apparently he had that stroke on a plane because he did a bunch of drugs and at that altitude, that's really bad. So he stroked out and, uh, yeah, he had, uh, health problems ever since then. So I, I think that led to his early demise, unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks. Cause if you remember in, was it 95, 96? When he was the executioner? 90, late 96, yes. Yeah, okay, 96. Yeah, because I remember he was at, uh, buried alive. That's it. So, now in the archives, by the way. But yeah, he was in pretty damn good shape there. You remember that? I do. I mean, I don't think he let himself go between then and when he died, but maybe. Man. So, he was in like the downslope of his career four years before, or five years before this, and he was only 35. Like, <laughs> good grief. I mean, well, I just luckily, mentioned, you know, Luckily, he gave us Slime Master J. Yes. Lucky for that. Uh, <laughs> A.K.A. Jesse. <sighs> Man. You know what? The, the best thing about that gimmick was the theme song, where they just shouted biscuits and gravy over and over. <laughs> that was some good stuff, man. How do you say we're white without saying we're white? Uh, your name is Festus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, back to the invasion here. There are still a lot of WCW wrestlers under contract that are were expected to be used to prop up the new WCW brand. But with that no longer happening, many of these guys haven't even appeared on TV, and their futures look mm, unsure. Guys like, this is a list, man. Kwee Elix Skipper, Kid Cash, Jamie Noble, Jason Jett, uh, Kid Romeo, and more are all former WCW names who were signed by WWF, but don't really seem to have many options going forward. A few guys like Shannon Moore, Evan Courageous, and Johnny the Bull have worked WWF dark matches lately, but that's it. Mike Sanders, excuse me, above average Mike Sanders, yeah, is, also right. being, is also being considered for an announcing job. Unfortunately, he was below average for that tryout, I guess, and they didn't hire him. Moore did get a job. Johnny the Bull got a job. Evan Courageous did not. Or excuse think, me, Tony. I think you said Jamie Noble in there too, right? Uh, he was one of the guys that they were speculating had no future. So uh, he did pretty well. Yeah, 
Uh, he's still I, there I, to this day. Uh, hold, so... hold, hold on. You, are you are you telling me that Dave Meltzer got that wrong, Greg? No, I'm saying that that's what was going to happen. They were going to have no future, but plans changed. They decided to get in the future. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Plans change, okay? Because, you know, if, if I hope people get this reference, but, you know, look, I'm not saying you're, you know, stupid, but, you know, anybody who would say that is stupid, okay? <laughs> did you hear him say that? I did. I, did. I heard it because somebody played the cornet thing for me, and I was like, Cornette was like, I mean, it was Brian Last was like, I've never heard him in this tone. Like, Wait, what did he say? How did he say? I gotta hear this. Was, yeah, I had to look uh, it up too. Dude, he went off. Like he was personally, like, like somebody just like, you know, did something horrible to his mother. And I'm like, dude, like, what the f? For people that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Zelina Vega had tweeted something, not tagging anybody, not calling anybody out, being very ambiguous. Said something about the, uh, you know getting ready for the dirt sheets to lie about me again or something like that. So, something cheeky. And Dave Meltzer, like, oh, took yeah. that per- Wow. <laughs> Dave Meltzer took that personally offensive, and and, and, and he got so offended Because he is the dirt sheet, idiot. Yeah. Well, first, he says that, you know, uh, to lump all uh, reporters in like that is just, you know, effing stupid. And, and you know, anybody uses the words dirt sheet is just effing stupid. And it's like, okay, so if you don't think you're a dirt sheet reporter, then why are you angry? Like, <laughs> something tells me you have a guilty conscience. Oh, man. That freaking moron. He doesn't even realize how stupid he sounds. WWF filed a $1.7 million lawsuit against 30 different bars and restaurants in Canada, America's hat, for illegally showing pay-per-view events. WWF does allow those types of places to show pay-per-views, but only if they pay a fee and have a contract and all that stuff. WWF had apparently done an undercover investigation and found businesses that did it three or more times after being told to stop and has filed lawsuits against them. Basically, they sent a fanboy to these bars to see what they're showing him, all right? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, actually, you have to sign this agreement with the WWF. <laughs> Holy that's, shit! <laughs> that's my stereotypical fanboy voice for anybody out there that doesn't know. May or may not be inspired from comic book guy on Simpsons. Maybe worst showing ever. It's so bad. I only watch it three more times today. Yes, I love that one. <laughs> that was my favorite. Where he's like, uh, I spent my whole life collecting comic books. Life well spent. <laughs> Uh, but I think you're having a cardiac episode, sir. Worst cardiac episode ever. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So I remember for years after this, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings must have been one of the places that signed the agreement because that's actually how I would always watch pay per views. Is I would always go to B Dumps and watch. And I can't remember which. SummerSlam it was, but I remember I went there. It's a packed house. It was one where I think Triple H might have been returning from injury. I think so, that was it. 07. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was SummerSlam 07. That makes sense with what I'm thinking too. The freaking place was packed out, and it sounded like a like a live crowd in an arena. You can tell they were there specifically for that show because they were loud as hell. It was awesome. 
not quite as good as being there in person, obviously, but it was, you know, if you can't be there in person, it was close enough. Jerry Lawler returning to WWF seems to be a dead issue at this point. Lawler went on his website and posted that his wife, Stacy Carter, had had uh, given him her blessing to go back without her and spoke to Jim Ross about it, but was told that WWF had nothing for him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't uh, Heyman commentating at this point? Yeah. Look, I loved Lawler in the 90s and even in the early 2000s, but I think Heyman was a step up. I mean, I've never been one to jerk off to Heyman like a lot of people do, so he was good, though. I thought he was awesome during this time period. I just like, I mean, obviously I hated him because he was heel, but he's a heel. Came out of a New York ECW Extreme Box. <laughs> I'm sure he would use more colorful language for New York. Yeah. God dang, mother effing piece of crap, Northern Yankees. They don't know what's good. All right. Kentucky. I don't remember when Lawler came back. The night after the Survivor Series. Okay. I wonder if uh, I wonder if that was when he found out that his wife was that uh, Stacy Carter. The reason he left WWF was cheating on him. At that point. No like, reason to go back, huh? Yeah, it's like, oh well, I don't have to defend your honor anymore. I'm going back to work. <sighs> Man. Well. The right to censor gimmick is dead, and all the members will be repackaged soon. No! Why? <laughs> Let's see, the Godfather comes back, Val Venus comes back, Stevie Richards does a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. Mm, Bobby Cannon is B-squared for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. But you remember when Stevie Richards was, like grew his hair out and started doing the hardcore stuff there for a while? And his theme song I started, do. His yeah. theme song started with, I'll show them. You'll see. I'm like, what the f? <laughs> yeah. uh, that was that was right up there with uh, hardcore. And then he, it was just it was just Chronic's theme too. Remember? Oh, I don't remember that. But yeah, that it was makes Chronic's theme. Good grief! Yeah, it's right up there with hardcore Hollies, where he's like, "How do you like me now?" Like, well, like I you, never liked you ever. What do you mean now? Yeah, it's like still don't like you, bro. Like, I don't care if you call yourself Sparky Plug or Hardcore or whatever. Whole thing sucked. <laughs> it's like a, a metaphor for his career. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, that should have been the, because he has an autobiography. The autobiography should have just been called Whole Thing Sucked. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, if there's one dude I was clamoring for an autobiography from, it's goddamn Bob yes. Holly. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying that sarcastically. Mm -hmm. Him and his ugly-ass tattoos that he has now. Those things are hideous. I wouldn't say that to his face. He'd beat the hell out of me, but, you know. Probably not now. He's probably 80 now. He'd still beat the hell out of me. Which, by the way, there's something on the show with him that we'll get into that's hilarious. Yeah. But, oh, man. Yeah. That, it was, it's not even what he does. It's what the fan does. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into yeah. it. Uh, Chris Benoit is expecting to be back in eight to nine months. On top of the shattered discs that he got fixed, he also had a nerve issue. Benoit said he, that he could have gotten the nerve issue fixed and had been back a lot sooner, but the other neck problems would have remained and still would have needed fixed eventually. So he decided to get it all done at once so he wouldn't have, uh, have to get a second neck surgery a few years later. Before the surgery, his arm had gotten so weak that he couldn't do a single push-up. 
damn. I remember he was out of the. I forgot he missed the. Did he miss the entire invasion? I forget. He did, yeah. Uh, he. Oh, he, man, King of the Ring was his last night. We saw him, and then that's when Booker T invaded. That's when it unofficially started. I mean, because oh, it, yeah. it was already happening. Like, and then Hugh Morrison, Black Storm had run ins, but that was like the big one because Booker T was a champ. So that's where it quote, started. I yeah. Um, well, because because if you want to fire the first shots of an invasion, man, you go with Lance Storm and Hugh G. Rection. <laughs> Lance Storm's uh, slightly less laughable, but like, god dang, you literally got Hugh Morris. Like, <laughs> what? He's the guy you bring in later. It's like, oh yeah, we got him. <laughs> well, remember, uh, they had Sean Stasiak. They could have used him. Oh, man. Yeah, he's on the show. Yes, he is. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, here's here's an issue that I had no idea this was a thing, but uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, the latest on Hulk Hogan's deal with Universal is that it's on hold for now. There are plans in place for a TV taping in August, but that will likely be pushed back now. The taping was planned to be more of a Hulk Hogan TV special rather than a traditional wrestling show, but it is intended to be a real wrestling promotion. Hogan did an interview and said that he wanted Bret Hart and Roddy Piper to come in and help him groom talent and run the company. Hogan also said, quote, I think if Vince knew what I was doing or what I was going to do, he'd be better off paying me $50 million a year not to go against him. Let's yeah. pause there. Let's <laughs> pause there for a second and have a good hearty laugh at that. Like, hot damn. Did you see yeah, any... That's, uh... Did you see anything about the XWF that he did for a while? I saw a couple matches of his in it. That's it. Well, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Brian Zane, who's from your neck of the woods over there. It's my homie. And, yeah, him with uh, from Wrestling with Regret. Uh, Regret with the, a W, by the way. Yes, so it's Triple W. So anyone I, want to look it up, it actually is W and then Regret. Yeah, good, good quality stuff on his YouTube channel, by the way. But he did a whole video on the XWF, and he talked about how they never aired a show. It was all like it just came out on DVDs. It did. And, yeah. And the whole DVD, like, they'll take breaks from the event to have, like, guys talking about what could have been. And, man, if we could have just got the funding, we could have been off to the races, man. We could have competed with the WWF. Like, <laughs> what? Why that's funny to me is, like, anybody can say that about anything in life. If I had the yeah. money, I would, you know, I would own a mansion. I would own, like, you know, six convertibles. I, man, if only I had all the, day. Man, if only I had the funding, man, I could, you know, I, I, you know, I, I could be, yeah, I, I could make my own version of Game of Thrones that would, you know, crush it. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, you, you don't think I can put a bunch of boobs and 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 floppy wieners on on TV to a medieval theme? Oh, I can. Good Lord. <laughs> Look, uh, not to go too far into the weaves, but we already see right now someone with money doing stuff and not doing too well. Just going to yeah. say that. You know, um, yeah. R Ring of Honor is funded by a large television conglomerate, and they've done nothing. Impact has been funded by how many millionaires? Nothing. Just... Impact I mean, is the, the zombie of professional wrestling. <laughs> just, it just won't die. Yeah, it's the cockroach. Like, no matter what you do to it, no matter how badly you run it, it's still there. 
I, good for some, them, man. In some way, you got to respect that. Yeah, I mean, good for them. It's a place for guys to work. It's an it's an alternative to whatever else. Uh, I don't like it, but it is what it is, you know. Uh, Hogan also said that he'd like to bring in Randy Savage. When asked about Goldberg, Hogan actually admitted that he wouldn't be able to afford him, pointing out that uh, Goldberg is making millions to sit at home for the next two years, and they can't match that. Well, that is true. It's and if so, funny. he's literally being paid millions to sit at home. <laughs> you you think about the millions of dollars that people were paying. Hogan, I think, or no, Hogan was gone at that point, right? Like just completely gone. Like his contract was. I I think I think his contract had just ran but, out, or was he still? I think according to him, him Hall and Nash were all still getting. It's why they didn't come over with this. And Goldberg okay. and Blair, basically, yeah. and, and Rey Mysterio, all the big ones you would see eventually. Freaking Eric Bischoff, I think, was being paid to sit on his ass. <laughs> so there you go. Because they signed him to that uh, the pay-or-play deal, which means like you, you either use him and you pay him, or you cut his deal and he still gets paid. So How good for him. That? <laughs> right. Uh, here's a weird one. In a New York Post interview, Playboy head honcho Hugh Hefner's. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Hefner said that the China issue of Playboy was the best-selling issue in many years, claiming sales of $3.9 million, which Uncle Dave disputes, but of freaking course he does, because he has access to all financial records, right? Um, I, 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 I'm, there's so many I can say here, I don't want to make you edit it out, so I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and by the, by the way, when I say the the China issue of Playboy for everybody out there, I'm talking about Joni Lauer, not you know an issue that came out just in China. Uh, I, I mean, I you know, there's some people that are into that. It's fine. Yeah, so whatever. But uh, Hefner said that uh, because China is leaving WWF, they are working the on the hell. <laughs> I had to say it like that. But because I listen to Bischoff's podcast, I know where it came from. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> But because she's uh, leaving WWF, they are working on a new deal with her where she'll do a video and another photo spread in the magazine if she can cut her own new deal with Playboy without WWF taking a big chunk of the profits. They'll probably be pretty lucrative for her. She does eventually do a second Playboy issue on her own. And some, uh, you know, other videos if you catch my drift. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. There's one involving a guy that's dressed up like Mean Gene, but I digress. Why do you know this? <laughs> You've never heard Conrad talking about that? No. Yeah, Conrad. No, do up. I want to. I can't remember who he... I want to say he's brought it up on multiple podcasts of his. He's like, hey, um... Oh, freaking old I, I know for a fact he's brought it up to Tony Schiavone, because they'll, they'll be talking about Mean Gene. He's like, hey, um... You ever see that video of China getting clapped by Mean Gene? And he's like, what? No? What the hell? <laughs> and he's like, I got some links. I can hook you up. I'm like, what the hell, Oh, dude? my God. <laughs> oh, <God>. disturbing. <sighs> I had to throw this one in here just because it's a quick story. And um, it's kind of sad, but it's a little funny. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata is currently out with a dislocated hip. Not to be confused with 2019, where he's out with a dislocated brain. What the hell? For those that don't get the reference, he did a massive, legit headbutt, which he had been doing for years, right to somebody's noggin, and, uh, yeah, concussed himself so effing bad, and swelled his brain, that 
he I think he had I don't know if he's ever wrestled since then. Which is really sad because he was a good wrestler and he's young, but he had to step out of the ring because he's an idiot and keeps legit headbutting people right in the skull. Oh, it's Okada. He did it to Okada. That's it. So oh, there's that. Yeah. So not only did he put himself out, but they were pissed at him because they could, he could have taken out, you know, the moneymaker for New Japan. Um, no, there's the rainmaker. He had the moneymaker. Yeah, well, he makes it rain money. Yen. He makes it rain yen. There you go. Uh, it's raining yen. Wow. Uh, Uncle Dave has some reports from the latest CZW show, and it's not good. Well, there's uh, a re- Remind me, what's CZW again? Is that where Moxie was? Yeah, this combat zone wrestling where... Uh, okay. That was the one... <laughs> Uh, if anybody watched the Dark Side of the Ring with um, Nick Gage, where he talked about the that's they do the Tournament of Death, so uh, where they you know have to do it out in the middle of a field in Iowa so that no authorities can come out and arrest them or or shut them down, because you know that's good quality stuff, man. <laughs> <sighs> and and it was and it's so secluded that they literally had to care flight. Uh, Nick Gage out of there, and he died for like what seven minutes on the flight to the hospital because he was bleeding out so damn bad. <sighs> this is a real thing, by the way. You guys haven't seen it. Oh None yeah, of this is made up. Unfortunately, go check it out if uh, you can stomach it. But yeah, CZW. It's um. Mm. But anyway, it's said to be dis- a disgusting show with people using bloodied up or being bloodied up with panes of broken glass and light tubes in particular it was really bad seeing 16 and 17 year old brothers mark and jay briscoe scarring up their bodies doing dangerous deathmatch stuff like this well they just fought in the chicken coop so <laughs> step up <laughs> yeah uh i'd rather get covered fight around and get covered in chicken crap than that any day of the week uh, Cornette was going on about that, like, they legit still work on that chicken farm. He was like... Yeah, they, they, he, you didn't see the video? They No. Yeah, I they, actually, they actually had a same egg match on the chicken farm, for anyone who didn't know. Their dad was, like, either a referee or the enforcer or something. Uh, of course. And he let them beat the hell out of each other. Yep. This is real. Well, well apparently, well, Cornette said they had to work their schedules around stuff they had to do on the chicken farm. And he was like, you guys are wrestling for, uh, like, you know, a moderately, a moderate sized wrestling company here. You're on TV. We're booking you on pay-per-view. And you're like, nah, I gotta go, you know, shovel dead chickens out of the coop. Like, what? But he was a fan of Terry Funk who took days off because his horse was sick. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, like it's unprecedented here, folks. <laughs> yep. Uh, final story here. Wrestler and MMA fighter Dan Severn has been suspended by the International Fighting Council, IFC, after allegations that he took part in a fixed MMA fight last month against a guy named Travis Fulton. Have you heard anything about Severn doing this? I think he was acquitted. Okay, well, it says here Severn's manager and Fulton were also suspended. Severn won the fight and Fulton was later questioned by the IFC because the Referee felt like Fulton was not actually trying to win the fight. Fulton admitted that Severn's manager had approached him before the fight and told him to go easy on Severn, and he agreed. 
All three men face fines and a possible one-year suspension. Severin was previously scheduled to face a much easier opponent, but that guy pulled out, and Fulton, a much tougher opponent, was brought in at the last minute, and they argued that Severin wasn't prepared for it. Isn't Severin like 100 years old at this point? Is Severin? Yeah. Uh, at this very point, yeah, he's he's pretty damn old. <laughs> Back then, I I thought he still had some gas in the tank, but I don't know. When is it that the uh, the Zufa brothers bought uh, UFC? 2001 or two? Okay, so it's about to explode here in the next couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no more uh, no more wrestling competition for WWE, just MMA. No more freak show fights either. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's it for the news and notes. We're going to take our next break here. When we come back, we're going to dive headfirst into the WWF Invasion pay-per-view right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah I the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O-K-A-S. It's all right. Good on you. Instagram, also at The Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. Spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right. We're back. WWF Invasion 2001. This took place July 22nd, 2001 at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It is now the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I uh, call it the Quickie. We rolled in there in 2017, got a quick title. It was great. Sorry. Who did? The Warriors. Oh, you're talking about basketball. Nobody cares about basketball, dude. No, no, not, not at all. Right. We're talking about wrestling, something that matters. Basketball is... This is real. Basketball is fake. Anyway, uh, the attendance was 17,019. I think that's a sellout. And if it wasn't, it damn sure looked like it. The pay-per-view buy rate was 770,000 buys. Not bad. So actually pretty good. I think that was their best pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania for like a while. So. Yeah, actually, uh, to, to your point, this event is the highest grossing non-WrestleMania pay-per-view in WWE history. During the Heat pre-show match, by the way, you could see crew members sawing plywood and hammering stuff to form the left side of the V-ramp. 
So Chavo Guerrero had to come down the WWF side of the ramp because the WWE, or excuse me, WCW slash ECW side wasn't finished yet. WWF usually books an arena two days in advance to do all the setup necessary, but this made me laugh. A WNBA game was booked the night before, and it went long due to an NSYNC album release party after the game. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the WWF crew wasn't able to get into the arena and start construction stuff or constructing stuff until the morning of the show. A WNBA game followed by an NSYNC album release party. That's a real sentence, folks. (laughs) What the F? Yeah, tonight we're going to have the WNBA and... And NSYNC, tomorrow night, wrestling. Like, what? You gotta cover every demo, dude. It's good. Yeah, right. Uh, the opening package for the invasion was freaking epic, by the way, with classic clips of war speeches given by Presidents uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and General Dwight D. Eisenhower. I felt that it was a strange pair, by the way, of putting Jim Ross and Michael Cole together because both switch back and forth between play-by-play and color all night. I, I just, I don't know. It felt like two play-by-play guys to me. I, how did you feel about that? I just went with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't like Michael Cole as it is, and I just felt like him and JR is a weird pairing. I'm also, like, just watching Dynamite. I'm always trying to figure out who's the play-by-play guy. Is it JR? Is it uh, Excalibur, Tony just slips in there every now and then. I'm like, who's doing what? Tony's ah. the only tolerable one of them all. Wow. Uh, well, Team Canada, which uh, consists of Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, even though they're not calling him Team Canada at this point, uh, start to show off as Lance tries to cut a promo, but he's quickly cut off by Edge and Christian, who come to the ring with Christian carrying Edge's giant King of the Ring trophy. Does I just want to say that was the slowest burn ever for Hilton. <laughs> oh, Christian. We all know what's going to happen. Can you get it over with these? Because we knew what yeah. was going to happen. It was obvious as hell. I remember that, too. I was like, it keeps going and going. And, it, like, it took Because this went since King of the Ring. Either way, is it just me or does it kind of look like a Stanley Cup? It does. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if they did that just for Edge. Did they use that trophy for Brock, by the way, or I can't I remember. I think they what. had it out there, but I don't think he ever touched it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because they had stopped with the King stuff at that point. It's like, nah, now you just get a trophy. Cool. Whatever. But this first match is Team Canada of Lance Storm and Mike Awesome representing WCW. They're taking on Edge and Christian representing WWF. It went 10 also minutes, 10 Also representing seconds. Canada. Oh, well, of course. This one was really good, and made even better by the super hot crowd. In the end, Awesome and Ed, or excuse me, Awesome gets Edge up for the Awesome Bomb. Christian spears Awesome, and Edge lays on him for uh, a pin. And the sure, we'll call pin. that a spear. <laughs> I thought it looked pretty sweet. I don't know. Like, he gets him up for the power bomb, and then bam. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead. I'm getting ahead. Sorry. There's a spear coming up that we'll talk about that. So, we'll, we'll, never mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Christian runs in for that spear. And... Rewind. <laughs> but this one was pretty cool. WWF get on the board first. Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars. What say you? Gave it two. It was fun. Yeah, solid match, I thought. But now we go back to uh, Vince McMahon's office where he's celebrating the ENC victory. And 
I think he's trying to do like the the pose thing. And he like, is, yes. Like what? He, the he, F? he looks like a weird, like trying to do like a weird robot dance. It's like yeah, just like that. <laughs> what the yeah. hell was that? Isn't he look like uh, when your dad is like, oh, are these are these the new moves that kids are doing nowadays? <laughs> like, like God dang it, stop. Uh, but Commissioner oh, William. Those are. <laughs> Uh, but Commissioner William Regal then comes in and to announce that Steve Austin and Miss Deborah have arrived. And uh, Vince says, the old the, Stone Cold, by the way. <laughs> yes, Vince, Vince says that and then says that they need to give Austin and Deborah some space before McMahon hypes up Regal for his match with Raven. Funniest part is McMahon re- makes a reference to American revolutionaries wiping out King George's army. And Regal is like, <laughs> Regal just had this look on his face like, what the? Rick? And he's like, oh, uh, probably a bad reference. Never mind. <laughs> uh, it was great. You got a big historian? Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Uh, next match here, if you want to call it that, is Nick Patrick, the WCW referee, taking yeah. on Earl Hebner, the WWF so, referee. Sorry, that's where my note came in. <laughs> now yeah. it comes in. <laughs> it's a referee versus referee match with special guest referee Mick Foley. I'm trying to hit the, you know, the how many times I can say referee in one segment quota. Uh, this went just shy of three minutes, which blew my mind, but whatever. Both referees are accompanied to the ring by all the referees from their brands. Uh, these two actually beat, beat each other up quite a bit. Hebner's tougher than he looks. Crap breaks down outside of the ring at one point when the WCW referees attack Hebner and then Foley sends them all to the back. It ends with Patrick uh, with Patrick arguing with Foley. Hebner does a running shoulder block, I, I guess, and he pins <laughs> Patrick. I thought it was supposed to be a spear. <laughs> I don't know. It looked like I was I rewound it three times. To I was like, what did he do? He just kind of went in like kind of shoulder checked him. I it's guess. Kind of like a, a really weak Monty Brown pounce. Yeah, right to the sternum. I was like, the frick. But Uncle Dave didn't even rate this thing. I gave it a star. Say you. I gave it one. Nick Patrick, by the way, yeah, is a second this generation. <laughs> Nick Patrick, by the way, is a second generation uh, wrestling person. I don't know. His dad was the assassin. Uh, Jody Hamilton. That's it. The assassin Jody Hamilton. Uh, so you can see him. He was a manager for like a second. In yeah, he was on uh, one of the shows we did. And that's why I told you. I think that his dad yeah uh nick patrick by the way was not looking like uh uh the, the guy from eastbound and down i can't think of his name now <laughs> <laughs> but he had shaved off the mustache he kind of clipped the hair i'm like damn it i can't think of his name now but uh yeah that guy either way nick patrick shouts at mick foley after the match poking him and yelling at him Foley then pulls out Mr. Sacco and puts it on his hand, choking Patrick out with a mandible claw before tossing Sacco into the crowd. Everybody gets the, gets a little bit of Sacco action here. But we now get clips from SmackDown where Stone Cold Steve Austin is in the ring having a match, and Diamond Dallas Page pops up on the Tron to reveal that in his car trunk he's abducted Deborah. So DDP is a serial wife kidnapper in the <laughs> WWF. Cool. Oh, man. Austin runs to the back, hops in a car, and chases DDP down. 
Because, you know, this is the best they could do with him. <sighs> but My now... The only assumption he was he was the oldest one in the whole acquisition. And that's I, all I, can yeah. assume. I don't know. I, it's They were like, oh, we're going to put you in a program with The Undertaker. Cool. What am I going to do? Oh, you're going to um, abduct his wife after you creep on her from the bushes. What? <laughs> why? Hey, I'd rather go back to feuding with Canyon. Because why not? Yeah. Well, now, Deborah's backstage and she burns herself with on coffee for going off to Undertaker's then-wife, Sarah, about being kidnapped by DDP. Sarah says she relates to Deborah and says, quote, After Mark gets done with him tonight, there won't be anything left of Diamond Dallas Page. Yep. She called Undertaker Mark on pay-per-view. Cool. <sighs> anyway... I might have sighed a little too early. Uh, this next match, it's the APA of Farouk and Bradshaw. They are the WWF Tag Team Champions. They are taking on the Natural Born Thrillas. Not using that name at this time, but Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. They are the WCW Tag Team Champions. Neither title is on the line, by the way. This went for 7 minutes, 17 seconds. I said it's a typical APA match with all four men beating the piss out of each other. The match Pound, ends with... Pounding that ass, man. <laughs> Always pounding ass. Hell yeah. Uh, the match ends with Palumbo hitting the jungle kick on Farouk. Bradshaw connecting with a clothesline from hell on Palumbo and then pinning him. Uncle Dave gave it one star. I said it was slightly below average at two. Let's say you. Yeah, he did it. Give it one. Did you like these guys, uh, Palumbo and O'Hare? I did, yeah. I thought O'Hare had so much potential that they just let go. I mean, not that Palumbo was bad either, but I thought O'Hare had that look. He was great in the ring. I, I don't know. I didn't think he was a terrible promo. I actually really liked when they brought him back with um, with Piper. Oh, I, yeah. They got disgusting. Rip, what's his name's leg off? Zach Cowan? Yeah. Oh, my God. about that? Uh, I don't remember that part. <laughs> I just remember he came, I think he came out to a Waterproof Blonde song. And, uh, before Christian did it, you know, he did it before it was cool. <laughs> but yeah, I thought his whole thing that he was doing like a devil's advocate gimmick, it was awesome. And just, he, uh, disappeared. Like, okay. But anyway, unfortunately, he took his life, his own life way, and just, he passed away way too soon. That really sucked. But uh, in Vince McMahon's office, he's talking to Chris Jericho about tonight's inaugural brawl, which is the main event. Jericho says that he's been with all three companies, and WCW has never had a leader, but ECW still does with Paul Heyman. He then compares... Uh, Paul E. Heyman, he said. Oh, yes. And uh, I can't remember what he said the E stood for. Enormous, I think was it. He's a bunch of names. Ignoramus? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bunch of things about, it was a bunch of fat jokes. Because he compares Paul Heyman to Shrek, makes a bunch of cracks about his weight before promising victory for the WWF tonight. That was back when, you know, you could fat shame all you wanted. It was cool. Well, we switched to the locker room for the Alliance now, where Stephanie McMahon is losing her mind about how much she hates Chris Jericho. Uh, she's just like going freaking nuts like a spoiled child. Shane McMahon and Paul Heyman then give Billy Kidman a pep talk about taking on C or excuse me, X Pac. Yeah, Billy 
effing kidding me, man. What's up next? It's the WWF Light Heavyweight Champion X-Pac taking on WCW's Cruiserweight Champion Billy Kidman. Went just over seven minutes. And don't worry, Kidman's got this in the bag because as we all know, X-Pac sucks. Yeah. That was a real promo. <laughs> yeah. He was never a good promo. Like, dude, just go back to scratching yourself and shut up. That's right, dude. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, I've got to mention. That uh, you I, know what? When you when you have the skill he does, no matter what, and you're you're married to Tori Wilson, you're fine. You do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I always loved hearing about uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard. Always tells a story with uh, Bradshaw yelling across the locker room, said Billy Kidman, "You're the biggest got dang overachiever I've ever met, and I hate you for it." <laughs> like, damn, uh, dude. Uh, but, uh, sure, there's some more colorful language in there, but. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I've got to mention that I loved Xbox X Factor theme, but most people hated it. One from Uncle Cracker? Yeah. Did you hate it? Oh, God, yes. I That's like my, um, guilty wrestling theme song pleasure. Well, uh, I'm going to put it in that category. It's a little bit different than I liked it. I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I did like it. I thought it, you know, the the beat was cool and whatever, but, eh, I don't know. Then again, it was, I mean, it wasn't it Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker together? I think or it was, was it just... his DJ, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, I can understand why people would be like, Uncle Cracker and Kid Rock, ugh. Like, how white can you get? But, uh, I can see that discussion. Like, wait a minute, we got Uncle Cracker. Hey, how did we make this song more white? I know. Kid Rock. <laughs> the guy's name is Cracker. <laughs> right. Uh, but still not white enough. Gotta add Kid Rock. <laughs> but mine. Yeah, Troy and I are both white, by the way, so we can laugh at this. I think. Yeah, right? we could. Yeah, we can say this stuff. But... <laughs> still funny as hell. Yep. Uh, Xbox is the first WWF guy of the night to get booed. By the way. In the end, X-Pac goes for a Bronco Buster, but he gets a boot to the face. Kidman nails the shooting star press, and he gets the first win for WCW. Uncle Dave gave it two, two stars even. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it three. I really like this match. I thought it was really good. I would have given it three if it went a little longer. I felt like... I mean, it was really good with the time they had, but I just felt like it could have went a little longer. These guys were great. I think X-Pac just... X-Pac was always really good, but right here especially, he's just phenomenal. Billy Kidman, I, I always loved him, so and I, I think he was just getting better and better. I have a Jacks figure of that, Billy Kidman, by the way. Of course you do. Yeah. I don't think they've made a Mattel figure of Billy Kidman. Uh, I would be, I'd be really shocked to find out if they did. I don't think they did, yeah. I got one of him with the long hair and one of him with the short hair. Remember when he cut all his hair off and got kind of buff? Yeah. Yeah. He came in a two-pack with Paul London. I got I got that two-pack. I love that they're using his WCW theme still, by the way, for this match. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, when, when he came out, I was like, whoa, that's actually his. They did that for a couple people, actually. Yeah, they did. But we go back to the Alliance locker room again, where Heyman, Shane, and Stephanie are celebrating. DDP comes in to talk about uh, when he abducted Deborah on SmackDown, and Shane says that he better worry about his match tonight against The Undertaker. They're both in the inaugural brawl and whatever. 
Well, he was about to give some like really weird details. Oh, let me tell you, Deborah. Yeah. She's she's all Sarah, but you know, like, what the hell? I realize that. <laughs> I know it's like I realize that they're like heels. They're the they're all the bad guys. Whatever. Screw the WWF. But why? Like seriously, were they that big of pieces of crap? Where they're like, oh yeah, share details about your abduction of women and what you did to them. Like what? Why, like, why is anybody okay with this? Nobody's like, hey, um, maybe don't do that. <sighs> but we now go to the locker room of Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler, you know, because they get their own locker room, for the most 2001 women's segment of all time. All They talk about their upcoming bra and panties match against Trish Stratus and Lita before talking about how great their breasts, ass, and legs are. This Can was... I give this a, a five stars? Or... Yeah, this was just so effing cringe in 2021. I was like, my gosh. They're just going on, ooh, you do have a nice ass. My God. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And Russo's gone at this point. So whoever's writing the script for them at this point, I'm assuming this was a Vince call. It's a huge effing perv. Come on, Bruce. God dang it. We got to get more T and A in there, pal. <laughs> Show her puppies. Anyway, uh, from that to this, we get Raven representing ECW for the first time tonight, taking on William Regal representing WWF. This went for 6 minutes, 34 seconds. This seemed like such a clash of styles, but I think these two kind of made it work. It's unfortunate that nobody gave a single damn, even hearing a light boring chant halfway through this. When the ref- I remember... I remember watching it. I mean, I remember why it happened because I remember the buildup, but then I'm thinking to myself, why is this happening? <laughs> yeah, right. I just like, why? But when the referee is. I mean, the, oh, to be fair, to, like, like, I know he's coming up, but why is it not to Jiri? That was my thing. Yeah. That's Jiri was Regal's guy. He should have sent him out there. Right. Yeah. This is just whatever. But when the referee was outside of the ring dealing with Raven. Taz ran in to hit a Tazplex on Regal. Raven then hit the Raven Effect DDT and pinned Regal for the win. Uncle Dave only gave it a fourth of a star. <laughs> I, I I gave him two for effort. Let's see you. I gave him one and put me to sleep. Yeah, this kind of sucked. And the crowd, this was the only match all night the crowd didn't make any noise for. Because like, it made no sense. It's just... Yeah. And, the, you know, God bless them. They tried. I'll give them that. But we now go to the locker room of Kane, Undertaker, and Sarah Calloway. Vince McMahon comes in to deliver a pep talk to the Brothers of Destruction. He reminds the Undertaker of when DDP had a videotape called The Best of Sarah. And the Undertaker goozles him up against the wall, saying, quote, Tonight, they'll see the best of the Undertaker. Before walking away, Vince smiles like a perv and <laughs> at, uh, as a fired-up Undertaker walks away. My first note for that was, wow, okay, that's that's what he's into. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I like it when you choke me, pal. <laughs> You're going to read me a disaster piece. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, up next, man, is the most what-the-F match of the night. And yes, after we just talked about Regal and Raven. This is Shogun's The Big Show and Billy Gunn, along with Albert, representing the WWF taking on Chris Canyon, Hugh Morris, and Sean Stasiak of WCW. That's a real team. (laughs) Yeah, this went shy of four and a half minutes. 
This was when the Big Show had a t-shirt that just said, The Big Show with an arrow pointing to his crotch. God dang it. I also can't believe, by the way, that they all came out to Sean Stasiak's theme, and the WWF l- allowed them to use the Mr. Perfect ripoff theme. Like, Oh, yeah, they really? are at that point. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, why would they not be like, yeah, you're not using that? Like, uh, I don't know. Because he was still perfect, Sean. Yeah, that's it. Uh, in the end, Stasiak sneaks up behind Billy Gunn, hits a reverse DDT, and pin er, and puts Morris over top of him for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it a quarter of a star. I gave it one and a half. What say you? One. Why was this match a thing and not on heat? Well, because Greg, I God dang it, perfect Sean and Shoguns. I'm almost certain, by the way, Shoguns would be no more after this. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Billy Gunn, for anybody that doesn't know at this time, had cut his hair and he was the one Billy Gunn. And he was coming out to that, uh. I think rumor is, no, USA no longer wanted to have Mr. Ass being said. I don't know if that's true. I, I wonder why. <laughs> he, he literally came out with a, his ass said Mr. Ass. That's all they called him was Mr. Ass there for a while. They completely dropped his name. And he came out to a song that said, I'm an ass man. So, Lord, that was just like beyond pushing it. <laughs> I think it came with a song that sounded like it was sang by Sammy Hagar, so. Yeah. yeah, this song, I think this song was the same, it was sang by the same guy that did Ass Man, if I remember correctly. Uh, I liked them both. But either way, after the match, the sore loser, Big Show, hits the Showstopper Chokeslam on Hugh Morris, then Sean Stasiak, and then hits the alley-oop on Chris Canyon. And I know it was the alley-oop, because Michael Cole had to let us know, he calls that the alley-oop! <laughs> cool, Michael. Uh, I never liked that move. I'm like, man, he's he's a huge giant. Why would he be doing that? It's like a fallaway move. Yeah, it's kind of <sighs> stupid. <sighs> uh, backstage, Shane McMahon is helping Booker T shine up his WCW World Title and US Title, uh, while he gives him a pep talk for his match later tonight. Now, in William Regal's office, Regal approaches Tajiri and gives him a shouting pep talk, and tells Tajiri to stay loyal to the WWF and get the job done tonight. I like Up when next. he bursts in, he goes, Tajiri, and then he makes some weird noise. What the hell? <laughs> Tajiri just looked like he was standing in there bored, like Regal was like, Tajiri, oh, He was like playing with a flower or something, or whatever the hell was on his desk. His, yeah, the flags that he had in the mug or whatever, yeah. Like, uh, okay. But up next, we get Taz representing ECW versus Tajiri representing WWF. It went just shy of six minutes. It's pretty cool to see the old ECW matchup in a WWF ring, even if Taz is dressed like he works at Jiffy Lube. Yeah. I hated this outfit. Like, why? Why did they put him in that? Well, what uh, do you mean they? He said he wanted to. He said he was tired of wearing tights. Okay, well, I freaking blamed him for that. Like, what? why did you pick this? He yeah. said you don't want to wear tights anymore. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, Taz shoves referee Tim White aside. That's not wise. Uh, Tajiri missed Taz in the face, proving that it, in fact, was not wise. Uh, hits a buzzsaw kick, and he pins Taz to get the WWF back on bo- on the board. Uncle Dave only gave it a star and three quarters. I actually gave it three stars. I really like this, what they did together. What say you? 
Wow, this has to be our biggest disparity ever. <laughs> I, I gave it give one it star. I'm like, why is this happening? I did not need to see this. But... I thought this was a pretty good matchup. Both guys were, you know, still had some gas in the tank. They wrestled really good against each other. I liked it, so. But, anyway. Uh, backstage, Jeff Hardy is stretching out, and Matt tells him that he's worried about his upcoming match because it can get dangerous. Jeff said that that's just how he likes it. Rob Van Dam then runs up and takes out Matt Hardy with a chair, swings at Jeff and misses, and then says, you're next, and runs away. Jeff checks on his brother instead of, <laughs> instead of chasing after RVD. And now we get to this, man. <laughs> in, in WWF New York and Times Square, Hardcore Holly is signing autographs when a skinny yeah. guy, when a skinny guy <laughs> in a WCW shirt walks up and Holly gets in his face and he screams at him and he says that this isn't WCW New York before he rips a guy's shirt off of him, chasing him off. What the F was this? Okay. My favorite part was the fact that the guy covered his nipples. <laughs> I didn't notice that part. <laughs> he covers his nipple, looks around, and just runs off. He's like, hmm. <laughs> like, this was so freaking unrealistic in so many ways. Just like, what? <sighs> oh my gosh. Just whatever. This whole thing sucked. But now we go to Jeff Hardy, who was the hardcore champion at the time. He's defending that title against Rob Van Dam, representing ECW. This went about 12 and a half minutes. This is the only title match all night, by the way. I forgot RVD's first theme was basically an instrumental of one of a kind. Yeah, really low tempo, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these two brawl throughout the crowd, onto the stage, and all over. Weapons are introduced, like a ladder and a chair. Hardy obviously takes some gnarly-ass bumps. RVD hits a Van Daminator to Hardy with a chair in his face, and Hardy flies off the stage. Jeff gets uh, got busted open from that. In the end, RVD puts the hardcore title on Jeff Hardy and hits a five-star frog splash on it for the win. This match stole the show. Uncle Dave gave it four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I also gave it four. Loved it. It's my favorite match of the night. Yeah, it was, it was damn um, good. That Van Daminator off the stage was insane. Yeah, that was sweet. It was a really good hardcore match. Jeff Hardy had some, took some great bumps. RVD proved that he deserved to be there. And I think they said after that match, uh, the, you know, everybody perked up and was like, yeah, we, we got something in Rob. And then the Undertaker said he wanted to work with him. I, uh, at one point, I can't, I can't remember when it was after this, but, Rob was still. Uh, they would at uh, Vengeance. The next year? No, in December. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I remember they said, uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about it. He said, when The Undertaker said, I want to work with him, that's how they knew, all right, Rob, Rob's good. But back, back in uh, Vince McMahon's office, Kurt Angle comes in, and Vince gives him a pep talk for tonight while Kurt looks frustrated. Vince goes on about winning tonight for Old Glory and the USA. Kurt stops him by saying, enough of this Amer Americana bullcrap. I'm censoring it, by the way. He said, do you know what I did in the 1996 Olympics? I kicked some serious ass, which is what I'm going to do tonight. And sure, I'm going to do it for my country. I'm going to do it for my company. But most of all, I'm going to do it for me. 
and then he walks off, and Vince looks horny again. <laughs> Speaking of horny, up next, it's Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler representing WCW, taking on Trish Stratus and Lita representing WWF in a tag team bra and panties match with special guest referee Mick Foley. It went about five minutes. Stacy loses her shirt first because of Lita. The WCW women team up to rip off, rip the shirt off of Lita. Tori uh, finally rips off a rips off Trish's shirt, and Trish takes Tori's pants. Both WWF women take Tori's shirt and eliminate her. In the end, Lita hits the lead assault on Stacy before taking off her pants for the win. The only thing positive in this match were how the women looked. Uncle Dave didn't even rate this damn thing. I gave it a star. What say you? I gave it one star, but, you know, fully looked good, too. Yeah. Well, clearly he was the eye candy. <laughs> good Lord. This, uh... Another match, I'm like, why is this happening? T and A, man. We now go backstage to the Alliance locker room. Stephanie McMahon starts the pep talk. And Paul Heyman delivers the best part of it, asking, What do you want to be, a failure or a god? And Shane finally says that the time for talking is over, and they all put their fists in the center together. It's, uh, I mean, it was for the best, but it's funny that they gave Heyman, like, they gave him, you know, uh, Shane and Stephanie both had, like, one line, and Heyman had, like, you know, at least, like, 30 to 40 seconds of, of dialogue in there. So. I may have a few lines, sir. If I, may, if I may have another volume, sir, go out there and whip their ass. Uh, in Steve Austin's locker room, he's, he's staring off into nothingness while Deborah sits beside him. Mr. McMahon comes in to sit next to Austin and tells him that everything's pretty much even, but he's got all the confidence in the world. Austin says that he doesn't need a pep talk tonight because he's going to the ring to beat somebody's ass, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. I think we're going to take our second-to-last break right here. When we come back, we're going to get into the main event at hand right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. The build-up package for the main event showcasing the entire invasion storyline was pretty badass. I also forgot that they brought in classy Freddy Blassie for a pep talk with the WWF wrestlers. That was sweet. I like when they had him like stand up um, out of his wheelchair and everybody I, cheered. I, I don't know why I was chuckling so hard, but when they were all rallying around him, and Perry Saturn was, like, throwing his mop in the air with him. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Moppy! <laughs> he was already doing that at this point. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot. Ugh, poor Perry. Like, if you go back and watch the video when they're all, like, pumping up, he's got his mop in the air. <laughs> Hell, yeah. 
the unofficial mascot of the uh, WWF. But before the main event starts, the McMahons and Paul Heyman all come to the ring. Shane officially has his Here Comes the Money theme at this point, by the way. When did he get that? I want to say Backlash this year. Okay, because I remember when he came out on Nitro, they dub it, they've dubbed it over a couple times, but he actually came out to No Chance in Hell. Yeah. But now we get the main event. It is the inaugural brawl. It went 29 minutes, 3 seconds. It's the Dudley boys of Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley and Rhino representing ECW. Booker T and Diamond Dallas Page representing WCW. They are taking on the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and Stone Cold Steve Austin representing the WWF. I, man, I thought the crowd made this match even better. It was freaking electric from go. I had goosebumps. One of my uh, favorite things, too, was like they were alternating entrances. Remember, like one guy came up on one side and then WCW guy came out and then WWE guy came out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, But this match starts in the aisle before Stone Cold entered. And when that glass broke, he comes down to beat some ass and the crowd just explodes. The rules of this are just a tag match like a or a uh, a one to one fall to a finish five on five tag match. What could have been a cluster was actually pretty well done and entertaining, in my opinion. Of course, crap breaks down multiple times, and there's a lot of out-of-control brawls, but it's still entertaining. At one point, Undertaker hits WCW referee Charles Robinson with a last ride and chases DDP off through the crowd as Steve Austin gets his knees, his uh, knee checked up on by EMTs outside of the ring, looking like he's hurt. When Vince McMahon tries to interfere, Shane knocks him out with a WCW title. Knocks, knocks him colder than a biker's heart uh, before being taken out by Kurt Angle himself. When Kurt locks an ankle lock in on Booker T, Stone Cold jumps up. He's he's not he's not hurt after all. He's just fine. He pops up. He gets in the ring. He kicks Angle, hits a Stone Cold stunner on him, and lays Booker T over top of him. And Angle uh, and uh, Booker T pins Angle for the Alliance victory. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it four. That was really, really great. This was really well done. I would never have called Austin joining the Alliance. I didn't at the time. Uh, I was about. I remember I was, being shocked because he was beating the hell out of all of them all match. All of a sudden, he's on their side at the end. I know. That's what it's got weird. me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, so did they just agree beforehand? It's like, look, I'm gonna beat the hell out of you, but I'm gonna help you win. All right. Hot damn, kid! I gotta kick you in the nuts. gotta make this look real anyway i don't know why i went off on that but uh after the match austin celebrates with shane stephanie and paul Heyman as everyone is angry and confused austin kicks angle out of the ring toasts beers with the heads of the alliance and he flips off the crowd as jr shouts damn it why austin why yeah he has a sedentary this year (laughs) yeah right god dang it austin why well that's the end of the show when we come back, we're going to get into the final ratings and what's to come on the next podcast. We'll be right back. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. 
Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming and 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event marks and unhinged sports network. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. Final ratings time. IMDB gave this a 7.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 6.28 out of 10. I actually gave it an 8 out of 10. What did you give it? Solid B+. Yeah, really if good If they stuff. had not had a couple of those horrible matches, I'm like, why are these happening matches? I might have given it an A-. Yeah, it was it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think uh, I don't know. Some people remember it fondly, others not so much. But I don't know. I I, I think this was like the height of the alliance storyline right here. After this, it's just kind of like I mean, it was still going. It was still a big thing. But I mean, they brought Austin over. Uh, Kurt Angle became a mole for the WWF and joined the Alliance, and then, you know, it was like, uh, ha-ha. Uh, Tess was like the mole first, though. Was he? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, but Angle just joined him. It's, that was it. I thought Angle joined him, and then he, like, turned on him later on to help the he WWF does. win. He does. He got the Sorry series. But yeah. the mole test. Okay. Well, either way... Yeah, so Kurt Angle does it, and, you know, at that point, they were like, dude, they're just bringing in, the WWF knows, you know, this is just treading water at this point, they're bringing in their own guys to fill out the alliance, because they know they got nothing. So. Yeah, I was like, it was kind of funny, like, looking at the whole team alliance, I think Booker T was the only guy to be on, the technically an outsider, because Rhino and the Dudleys were already there. yeah. Uh, DDP, but, oh, you know, yeah. he, okay, yeah. he didn't, he didn't really do anything, uh, of, you know, anything good. So, I don't know, take that for what you will. But yeah, man, so, that's the Alliance, uh, or, uh, WWF Alliance 2001. And, the year 2001 was a weird year in wrestling, man. Oh, yeah. But alright, uh, this Friday is bonus show time. And we're doing something very different this time around. We're actually covering a uh, a timepiece. We're not covering a an event. I know you suggested this this one in particular when we were talking about doing timepieces. Yeah, because a lot of people, myself included, give ninety five a lot of crap. It's like, yo, know, I like the Diesel Run. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. Uh, I was always a. I think a, it was a shining light in ninety five, honestly. He didn't always have the best opponents, but yeah, it was good stuff. And that's uh, that's actually what we're talking about on Friday, ladies and gents, is Diesel in the year 1995. We're not just going to talk about his matches, but we're going to talk about kind of news and notes from his whole run in 95 and what went on with all of that. We're going to have some fun with it. I think this will be real fun, a real good time, and, and uh yeah, it's a, it's, it's a test for future timepieces. And if you guys like this, we're going to stick to 
because a bonus show we wanted to be different actual bonus content that you couldn't get just on a regular wednesday so it's not going to be every single month we're going to do a timepiece but certain months we are we're going to try to make the events for bonus shows more different something that's like oh well that's not something you guys usually cover you know stuff like that so that's coming up this friday next wednesday we're talking about uh wwe money in the bank 2011 this was the one in chicago where it was punk versus cena for the wwe title in the main event and punk's contract supposedly ran out that night at midnight that'll be fun i haven't watched the show since it aired so it'll be nice to look back and uh talk about it the card as a whole doesn't look bad i mean it doesn't look great but it doesn't look bad <laughs> Plenty to talk about next week, but all right, man. Uh, thank you for joining me this week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And for all of you out there, yet again, uh, please like and subscribe. Leave a five star review, all that good stuff. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, and check us out every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Unhinged Sports Network. That's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We'll see you Friday with our bonus show on. Diesel, Big Daddy Cool. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 